You're listening to episode 42 of The Marketer's Mindset with Brian Burkhardt. Welcome back to The Marketer's Mindset, the podcast where we talk about how to create and sustain a powerful mindset to help you build a successful online business and lead a happy and abundant life. Guys and girls, I am super excited today about today's guest. Growing up with an entrepreneurial father and going to the Oakland flea market on weekends where his dad had a business selling random items from knockoff Gucci bags to butterfly knives and seeing his dad with wads of cash, my guest learned entrepreneurship firsthand. At about the age of 10, he followed his dad's entrepreneurial ways, and he began selling comic books, baseball gloves, and baseball cards at the swap meet himself. With the entrepreneur bug deeply embedded in his DNA and a strong belief in himself, in high school, he told a college counselor that he wanted to be two things. One, a businessman, and two, a radio DJ. In college, he made CDs and went dorm room to dorm room selling them, and then later became a personal trainer. In 2007, he stumbled upon this thing called YouTube, where he created one of the first health-based video channels on the internet called Underground Wellness, which has 350 videos, over 93,000 subscribers, and over 6.6 million views. I'm jealous. Soon thereafter, in 2008, he launched his first podcast, Underground Wellness Radio, on which he interviewed authors and experts in the alternative health space. This program ran for seven years with over 10 million downloads and 348 episodes about all things real food and functional medicine with a little sprinkle of personal development on the side. During his seven years with Underground Wellness and the vast knowledge he obtained, he wrote his first and still popular ebook, Dark Side of Fat Loss, started the JERF Just Eat Real Food movement, and hosted seven successful online summit events, including the thyroid sessions, digestion sessions, and the depression sessions. Then in late 2015, to the shock and disbelief of his friends and fellow peers, he chose to walk away from his thriving underground wellness brand an empire that he had built to $2.3 million a year. With a reignited fire within and his relentless curiosity to find out what makes people do what they do and not do the things that they really want to do, he made a pivot in his life and decided to create a new movement in the world of personal development and the science of mind. His goal is to blend the vintage works of great thought leaders like Neville Goddard, Napoleon Hill, and Bob Proctor, with more modern research in the field of neurology and to teach 1 million people how to use their minds to give and get everything they want in life. Sean is the host of Sean Croxton Sessions, one of the internet's most popular self-help podcasts and the hugely successful Quote of the Day show. Please welcome to the show the man who claims he might be the world's biggest nerd, Sean Croxton. Sean! What an intro. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. I appreciate that. You did your research. Very good. Hey, I've got to. I know you are a man of research. I respect that. Um, I've heard you put in like 25 hours or so to do interviews. So At least. 
I know what it takes, bud. There's a lot of research and stuff to go into it. And, you know, you got, I look at it this way. I'm a curious guy like you. So I want to know stuff. But on the other hand, too, I got to respect you. I got to have you come on the show and I got to know what I'm talking about instead of just winging it. So it's respect to you and it's also to learn. And, and this is, I basically found out about you through Ryan Lee's uh, Freedom uh, membership group. He had some videos on there and he talked about you doing the summits and stuff. And I was like, this guy is cool, man. I love, he's, he's just like me. He loves the thought process. He loves science of the mind. What makes people tick? And I said, I got to have him on a show. And I reached out to you through Facebook and you were just kind and generous and agreed to come on. So I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate the invite. It's good to be here. Oh, absolutely. A couple things I found out just to start off little fun things, doing some research. We were both raised Catholic. So we got that kind of background. We both have podcasts. We both love to read. And as I said in the intro, we both have a fascination and curiosity about what people, about why people do what they do and why they don't do what they do. So we'll be talking about that on the show here, definitely. So, Sean, I know this, but tell my audience why you refer to yourself as the world's biggest nerd. Um, because I, I just have a, a curiosity for things. Um, reading and learning are like entertainment to me. Um, I'm not much of a TV watcher, though I do watch TV, mostly during basketball season. Um I, I would much rather stay home on a Friday night and just nerd out and read some stuff than, you know, actually go out and do what some people think is fun, even though I do dabble in fun as well. Um, I just, how dare I, you? What's that again? I said, how dare you? <laughs> Seriously. And so, um, yeah, I just, I just, reading is something that I've always done. You know, even my parents probably bought me books before I can even read. I just always remember having a book attached to me somehow, some way. And um, I remember, you know, in high school, you know, kids would be like, you're reading something that's not for school. Like, what, what are you doing? And, you know, I remember hanging out at Walden books and crown books and going to the library and just like perusing through the shelves and, you know, imagining one day that I'd have my own book there and just being fascinated by the fact that, you know, people actually sat their butts down and created, you know, these, these books so people can learn so we can condense, you know, 20 years, 10 years, five years, whatever it is, a lifetime information into 200 or 300 pages. You know, there's just something really, really cool about that when you really think about it. And so um, I think one of the most frustrating things in my life, my life is that there's not enough time for me to read all of the stuff that I want to read. I probably have a backlog of about a hundred books in my library right now because I can't stop buying them and I, I buy them faster than I can read them. And so um, again, it's just a lot of fun. I'm excited by the stuff that I learn. One thing that I learn just leads to another thing and leads to another thing. And it's just pretty cool to, to, to be able to share a lot of the stuff that I learned with the, the people who follow me online as well as friends and family. And so, um, yeah, that's why I like to think of myself as, you know, a big nerd who, who knows that he doesn't know anything. And so, you know, that's part of the, the deal here is just to kind of to say, hey, you know, of all the knowledge in the world, I just know this much and there's so much to learn. And so while I'm here on earth, I'm just trying to learn as much as I can. I love it. There's so much to learn. I'm like you too. I, I don't know if it's a Gemini in me, but, and I don't know if you do this, but I tend to have like two or three books going at the same time. I don't sit like start one and just finish it. I got like two or three going. I can't do it. 
I've tried it before. I can't do it. I can only do one at a time. If I try to do any more than one, um, I get anxiety because I just, it's just my brain goes, I want to finish something. I want to finish something. Like I'm, when I start something, I need to finish it. And if I have three books going on at the same time, um, I just kind of say to myself, it's going to take me three times as long to actually finish anything. And so I just go one at a time. Every time I try to do more than that, I just get uh, really frustrated. So just one. Yeah, I got to change that mindset to that because I I tend to do that. It takes a lot longer, like you said. What's that old Chinese proverb? Uh, a man who chases two rabbits catches none. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I like to have one focus. You know, I like to have one focus in my business and one focus in my reading, and, and that's enough for me. And I take it you probably read the book one, right? Oh, uh, one thing. I mean, the one thing. Yeah, yeah, I did read that. I read it uh, maybe two or three years ago. Elliot Hulse actually recommended that book to me. This is when I was doing video and I was writing and I was doing podcasting. He was like, man, you should check out this book called The One Thing. He's like, I read that book and I just decided, you know, video is all I want to do. You know, that's what he was saying to me. So I picked it up. And after I read that book, I said, okay, I'm just going to do podcasting. So I just focused on my podcast and the podcast grew because that's where, where all my energy was going instead of trying to scatter it out in all these different places. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs are doing right now is they're trying to do so many different things at the same time. And the brain, you know, is kind of running in three or four or five different directions at the same time. And when it's doing that, it's not really getting anywhere. And so, you know, I'm always about being the master of one thing instead of a jack of all trades, because you can do that one thing really, really, really well. You become an expert when you focus on that one thing. But when you focus on several things at the same time, I don't think you ever truly gain um, that that sense of expertise, you know, that level of expertise. And so, um, uh, but at the same time, it could be very hard for the entrepreneur to make that decision as to what they want to focus all of their energy on, because, you know, decision-making doesn't seem to be one of the the easiest things for humans to do. And so, um, you know, at the time, actually still now, podcasting is just the thing that it comes the easiest to me. I, I, I love it. It's it's fun. It connects with people the most. And, um, you know, for me personally, maybe not for everybody. And so that's why I chose to, to stick with that and just to stay with that. No, that's perfect. And it, obviously the results show for it. I mean, you built an awesome. I mean, you, you not only done it once, but you've done it twice. I mean, you started out with the Sean Croxton sessions with, are you still doing those or are you just focusing on the uh, quote of the day show? Yeah, well, I started with Underground Wellness Radio back in 2008. So I was doing podcasting like long before most people even knew what a podcast was way back in the day. So I did Underground Wellness for, for seven years till November of 2015. And then 2016, I started the Sean Croxton sessions, which, which did really, really well. I mean, not as good as Underground Wellness, but Underground Wellness, again, was around for seven years and had seven years of subscribers. Um, at some point, however, I just said to myself, especially as the quote of the day started to grow, row um the quote of the day show i think i started that last october i said you know what <sighs> these interviews are great i know i'm really good at interviewing i know people enjoy my interviews but at the same time you know as you said earlier spending 25 hours probably even more sometimes getting ready for an interview uh keeps me from doing a lot of the other things that i love to do and so um i decided to to, to knock that one off i do i did just start an interview of the month episode on um the quote of the day show so i just interviewed mel robbins a couple of weeks ago and the oh, audience 
love that. So that's something I'm going to keep doing. Maybe not every single month, but as uh, as I have time for it, I will be doing interviews. And um, yeah, that seems to be where I excel. And it also seems to be what the audience likes the most. But just like I said, it takes the most time to get ready for those interviews. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I got to check out that one because I love Mel. She's got some great information, so I'm, yeah, I'm it's, looking it's forward not, to listening to it. It's not so much about I – mean, when most people think about Mel Robbins, they think about the five-second rule. And one thing that I made sure that we didn't do is spend the entire hour – actually, it's like an hour and a half talking about the five-second rule. And I think that's one of the things that makes my show a little bit different because my show isn't so much about the product. It isn't so much about the book. It's about the person. It's about what they've been through. It's about the ups and the downs, specifically the downs that I like to focus on. Because, you know, I think my goal, my objective as a podcaster is not to sell the product. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of listening to podcasts. I can't say that I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I'm going to assume because people have told me this that a lot of the times the idea or the objective is to sell the product. And my thing is I want to sell the person. I want the audience to feel like they know, like, and trust the person who I'm interviewing, that they connect with them, that they see a similarity in their journeys. And that way, that way by the end of the show, there's so much knowing, there's so much liking, there's so much trusting that the person listening to the show is going to buy the product anyway, just because they like the person. It's kind of like when, um, I'm a huge fan of Howard Stern. Howard Stern interviews people, and maybe the last five minutes of the entire interview is actually about the product that the person who's on the show is promoting. So I remember I heard Madonna on the show a few years ago, and I'd never heard like a truly in-depth interview about you know with Madonna about her father and her growing up and the trials and tribulations that she went through. And you know what I did that night? I went out and bought her new album. You know, not that I'm a huge lover of her music, but I wanted just to support her because I loved her message and I loved her story and what she had been through. I had so much more respect for her at the end. And so um, that's that's always the goal with my show is that knowing, liking and trusting. I agree. It's so huge. And, that, and that's what I try and do on this show. Like, for example, with you, I, you know, and, and the guests I get on here, I read and do an intro bio on you because I don't want to waste most of the time going over you know, some of the basic stuffs where they could hear it on any other podcast. Right. So my goal is to share that in a story format and then let's start getting into it. Exactly. I don't, I don't take, I don't do any ads during my show. Um, I don't pitch things during my show other than, you know, if someone has something that they're doing. And again, that's at the end when we try to talk about it. But yeah, the, the whole thing is to find out about what makes Sean tick. What, how did Sean overcome certain adversities and how did he handle this situation and that. So that's what we want to delve into because, and, and that's part of the, it's called the mindset for a reason, you know? So let's go. Cause you, you kind of opened it up with the one thing and you talked about how you focused on it. And I love that. That's one thing that I try working on. Like I said, my Gemini side tends to want to juggle multiple things. Are you familiar with Eric Barker at all? He wrote barking up the wrong tree. I'm not. Okay. I just heard an interview with him, and I'm going to go get his book. He, Sean, you're going to love it. He's scientific. He does research. He looks at studies. And one of the things he talked about on this recent interview is he said, it's so hard for people to bring up their weaknesses and that he's seen so much greater gains when people double down on their strengths. Now, there's a lot of talk about this. What is your belief? Should one work on their, on, on their weaknesses and help bring them up? Or should they say, these are the things that I'm good at, and I'm just going to be great at those things. You broke up a little bit there. Can you repeat the question? Yeah, I'm sorry. What, what, do you think that one should work on things that they struggle with and are considered a weakness? Or do you think they should double down and focus on their strengths? 
Ooh, that's a really tough question. Um, for me, I personally like to work on my strengths. I like to focus on what I'm really good at. Um, and can I improve at the things that I'm really good at? That's not to say that I don't want to focus on my weaknesses either. I, I turned, uh, for example, I, I turned 39 last November and, you know, I made a decision right there that, you know, I'm the guy who likes to be in the gym, lifting weights and all that stuff. Um, but I'm also a guy who's not very flexible. You know, um, yoga really isn't my thing. Um, cardio wasn't really my thing, like cardiovascular endurance stuff. So I challenged myself to actually start working on those weaknesses and I'm really glad that I did. However, in business for me, I just really like to focus on the things that I'm good at. I think I'm, I'm good at podcasting. I think I'm good at at writing. I think those are the, the things that came really naturally to me. And for me, I just wanted to, to, to know how much better could I get at those. So I think it's really important to identify what our gifts are and to say, okay, here is what I'm good at. This is what people want from me. This is what people ask me about. This is what I enjoy doing. So, so how can I improve in this and become the best at it? Um, I feel like if I focused on my weaknesses in business, I'd be taken away from time where I could be focusing on my strengths and developing them. It's almost like a, you know, somebody who is born with a tremendous singing voice, but they're not good at, I don't know, playing the piano. You know, I would say for them, focus on your singing because that's what you're really good at. Hire somebody to play the piano for me. So the things that I'm not so good at, those are the things that I'm going to farm out to other people. That's why we hire employees and contractors and people like that to help us with those weaknesses. So we're not wasting time. You know, try, there's, there's so many times where. I do some, I do quite a bit of consulting with, with novice online entrepreneurs and they're doing all of these things that they're not good at. They aren't quite in their, their zone of genius. And I always say, why are you doing this? You know, why are you trying to build your own website? You know, that's, that's not what you should be doing. That's not in your zone of genius. Focus on your genius and allow other people to do the things that, that, that aren't within it, if that makes sense. Oh, no, it makes absolutely sense. And that's the thing. I think people get scared about outsourcing and they're afraid of outsourcing. One, maybe they want to try and do everything themselves or the other thing, they think it's expensive and it can be, but there's ways you can do it where it's affordable. And like you said, you can focus on your strengths and hand it off to somebody else who's going to get it done a lot quicker. And, you know, your time is worth money. So if you're not focusing on the things that are producing revenue and you're spending extra long time doing these things, it's, it's just killing you. Ask yourself just how valuable is your time? Um, and, and it's hard to let go. I mean, I was for the quote of the day show. And if your audience doesn't know, um, the quote of the day show is I take five to 10 minute clips from motivational talks and I play them for my listeners Monday through Friday. Then we do kind of like a mix that's to music on, uh, on Saturday. But for the first four or five months of the show, I was looking for those clips myself, which can be pretty darn grueling to sit there for three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours in a day to find the right clips. And it just turns out like the first three or four clips are easy to find. It's that last one that takes four or five, six hours to do. And, you know, while I was learning lots of cool stuff, I could have been using that time um, a lot better. 
you know, developing things, um, you know, studying things that I really wanted to learn about. And so uh, somebody reached out to me and wanted to help with finding clips. And I was kind of resistant to it in the beginning. And then he emailed me about it again. Uh, it just happened to be a week that I, I had to take a week off from the show so I can get ready for one of our mastermind events. And he's like, hey, I noticed that you didn't have a show last week. I would love to help you find clips so you can focus on the, these other things that you want to do. And so hiring him, hiring Malik has been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself in a long time because it freed up so, so much more of my time to do other things. And so, you know, I know that hiring somebody can be scary. I know that it can cost a few bucks, but believe me, when you do it and you start to have that free time, you will thank yourself for doing it. It's amazing. And also, you know, just, just real quick, back, back to the website example. I remember, gosh, when I first started Underground Wellness and I was like, I need a website because when I was, I first started doing YouTube videos, I was sending people to my MySpace page. You know, this is a long time ago, like 2006, 2007. I didn't even have a website. So for everybody out there who's listening, you don't have a website and that's the reason why you're not starting your business. Just know you don't need a website. Send them to your Facebook, send them to like a landing page, and then just do that. Just create a content and go out there and help people. And then when you get your website, get your website, right? Um, but I remember being at Borders. Oh, I miss Borders. It was such an amazing bookstore. I know. I love that <laughs> one. I like it better than Barnes & Noble. I love yeah, Borders. Yeah, Borders was the bomb. And I remember standing in the software books you know section looking for books on css and html and it just just came to me like this is not what you do this is that <laughs> yeah. you are not going to become a website like programmer and developer and designer you know this year sean this is what people go to school for and so i just want anybody out there if you're an entrepreneur to know that you gotta farm that stuff out you know even if you got to put it on a credit card that's what i had to do with my first website i had to put it on a credit card and just believe in myself that by having that website and building up my brand i was going to be able to pay it back which which is what happened and so um you got to bet on yourself that's for sure oh i i totally agree and i i love that what you just said there where did you get this confidence here sean was it did, did you get this growing up was it from your parents your mom your dad or uh honestly like in my lifetime, I hadn't been the most confident person. I mean, I, I, I didn't really discover the confidence and the greatness that was within me until I actually started a, an online business. I mean, I used to be anxiety-ridden, depressed, um, didn't like going out and socializing with others, spent way too much time at home. Yeah, I still spend a lot of time at home now. Um, uh, total introvert. Um, nervous in social situations, um, not the most confident guy that you would think I, I, I was at one point. It was actually creating my online business and stepping out into the unknown that allowed me to start to build some confidence. And I think that's one of the, the, the reasons why a lot of people don't succeed in this space is because they're afraid of the unknown. If you don't have confidence, I mean, let's just keep it real. If you don't have confidence, you're not really believing in yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, you're never going to get build a big business. It's simply not going to happen because in order to build a big business, you have to have faith in yourself. You have to have faith in your idea. You have to have faith in that, that you have greatness within you. And if you can't 
have that, if you don't have that, if you don't develop that by putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and just seeing how it turns out, um, it's never going to happen. And so, you know, flipping on the camera and making YouTube videos, you know, time after time after time after time and, and, and reading people's feedback and, and knowing that I was doing something that was helping people and doing something that was greater than myself um, allowed me to start to build that confidence. And, you know, now I'm, I'm 10 years deep in this and I honestly believe that I can do anything because I don't, I don't think that anybody has ever been, you know, created in this world who, who came into this world with anything different than I have. And I, I think the same for everybody else. I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for being the creators that, that we are. I mean, that's what we're here on this planet for is to create. And that takes confidence. And it takes like I said earlier, getting outside of yourself and it takes time to develop that confidence. But the time to start is now, because if you keep putting it off to tomorrow, you just got to know that tomorrow is never going to come. You know, how many times do we say, oh, I'm going to start my business on Monday and Monday comes and we make another excuse to not start it. And so you got to go out there. You got to get uncomfortable. You have to ask yourself, hey, there's somebody out there with a problem that I can solve and they're looking for me. And if I'm not there, what happens? What happens to that person? And so we got to get over our bullshit and actually just start going out there and helping people. And if we don't, we're never going to grow. And that's just how it works. I love it. There's so many nuggets that you just said in there, Sean. And I tell, I always tell my listeners, guys and girls, listen to what Sean said. I hope you have a pen and paper. If you don't have one, you're going to need to go back through this interview and listen to it later with a pen and paper in hand and write down these things. Sean is just telling you right there how he, he, he put himself out there. He took action. And I think one of the key things that you said on there, Sean, and, and, and I, I think this can help a lot of people is when people are trying to put themselves out there, they're, they're always worried about, okay, how do I sound on audio? How do I look on camera? And that's the wrong focus. You said, what is needed out in the world? What are people lacking? What can I give them and add value to? And if you take that focus off yourself – and put it on helping others, and and put that on service, you're going to be able to take action, I think, a lot easier than when sitting back worrying about yourself and then holding in your greatness. Yeah, absolutely. It's the law of the universe. Serve others. You know, you have to give in order to get. And, you know, not as like a, a strategy, not as you're trying to, to work the system and just trying to get. So you're like, okay, I'm going to start giving so I can get. You just give because that's who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like to go out there and give. I'm just a service-oriented person. I just, that's kind of like, I've always been a reader. I've always been the guy who just wants to help. You know, if we have like an assembly in like fifth grade, I'm the guy who's like, hey, can I stay after and help put away chairs? Like, I've just always been that dude for some reason. I don't know where I got that from, but that's just, just who I am. You know, we have so many people. And like I said, I've done a lot of consulting with, with online entrepreneurs who were so focused on the getting side of things. I want to get this. I want to get that. I got to use this strategy so I can get this and the other. No, F that. Go out and help people, period. Go out there and help people. Like, take your service, you know, that you're providing to others and go out there and give it. Create content. There's a lot of people out there trying to build online businesses who don't want to create content. 
who don't want to who don't want to turn on the microphone to create their podcast who don't want to turn on the the, the camera to create their um, their videos who don't want to hit the publish buttons on their blogs who don't want to create anything on social media because they're afraid of what somebody's going to say about them because they're afraid that that someone's going to judge it you know the truth is somebody is going to judge it I mean, that's just the way that it is. You're never going to be hater free if you're a creator. You know, I always say there's two types of people. There's your creators who are out there doing stuff, solving people's problems, um, providing joys to people. And then there's your haters. And th- th- that's, that's it. There's just creators and haters, period, point blank. And the people out there who are hating, if this is something that you're afraid of, if you're afraid that you're going to put yourself out there and people are going to hate on you, it doesn't really have anything to do with you. It has to do with the person who's hating because people who are hating, they feel a lack of significance in their lives because they don't create because they're not serving anybody. They're stuck in the have not mode, blaming other people for the circumstances in their lives. Right. I like to say that the have nots are really the give nots. They're not giving any service to anybody. That's why they don't have anything. And so you have to, to, to go out there and create despite what other people may think about you. Because here's the thing. People ask me sometimes, like, why do you do, like, how do you create so much content? How do you, how do, you do these programs that you put together? Like, how do you get it done? Because I can't live with myself if I don't get it done. That's the thing. And that's where a lot of people are living right now. That's why they're haters, because they're so angry at themselves for not creating. They're so angry at themselves for being so fearful and so scared and just so afraid of what people are going to think that when they see somebody who's actually doing it, it it's, a, it's a reflection of themselves that makes them go, they're doing something that I'm too scared to do. And they get angry and they let out that anger by unleashing it on you. But it doesn't have anything to do with you. And, you know, I found myself in this, um, this spot back in the day where I was so focused on the negativity. You know, I can make a video on YouTube and there'll be like a hundred amazing responses. And there's like two haters. And all I can think about was the haters. I wanted to change them. You know, I wanted to convert them. I wanted them to love me. But you know what? Like in hindsight, it just doesn't work that way. You got to shift your focus. You got to shift like where your attention is, you know, where your attention goes, your energy flows. And so when you focus on the positivity, when you focus on the good work, when you focus on the the service that is just greater than yourself, then you really get into that creative mode. You really like vibrate on a different level. And that takes you closer to whatever your goal is, closer to, to what you want in your life. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. I love what you said about not taking it personally. It's something within them that's coming across and they're projecting it to yeah. you, but it's not you personally. Yeah. And I think that's what one of the key things that holds people back, like you said, that won't record a video or, or uh, do a podcast or anything like that or take that step because they're afraid. And, and there's a great term where it says, I, I mean, you can't please everybody. So one of the things I heard that I loved was it's better to be loved and hated instead of being tolerated. When you're just in that middle and people are like, eh, he's all right. But when you got people like Howard Stern, like you talked about, there's people that love him or there's people that hate him. Most people don't go, eh, you know, 
it's it's one or the other. Yeah, I mean that that's 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 so true. Actually, I talk about this quite frequently with friends. Like sometimes I feel like I need to be more controversial. Like I want to get more hater emails. You know, if, I mean, you look at like you said, Howard Stern. You love him or you hate him. He's the most successful. He's the best interview in the world by far. He's the most successful successful um, radio broadcaster probably ever. And it's so funny because that's what he wanted to be when he was a kid. Like he used to tell like girls he was dating, like I'm going to be the greatest radio broadcaster of all time. And he actually became it. Like he claimed it. He said, this is what I want. And he focused on it. And that's who he become. He became. Look at Kanye West. Totally polarizing. Um, I think the guy has won 26 or 27 Grammys. I think a lot of people don't, don't, don't know that. He has a hugely successful clothing line and shoe line. Like you hate him or you love him. Look who the president is of this country. I'm not sure if you live in the States, but you know, I mean, the president of this country is one of the most hated people in the country, but he's the president, you know? And so you got to know, like some of the most successful people in the world, the people who are just doing big things are the most polarizing people in the world. And so, you know, life is, is all about opposites. As uh, John D. Martini says for, for every praise you're going to get, you're going to have a criticism. That's just the way that it works. There's two sides. And so you have to embrace the the not so good side and understand that the not so good side is actually a good side. Because if nobody's hating on you, honestly, it means that nobody really cares about what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And just you to, nailed it right and there. Just, just, just one more thing, just, just for any brand new entrepreneur who's out there who's afraid to turn on the camera or afraid to, to create the podcast or f- afraid to click publish. Number one nobody's watching you in the beginning anyway. You know, if you really think about it, like maybe 20, 30, 40 people are going to watch your video. Maybe, you know, your friends on Facebook are going to watch your video, but you know, it's not like you're going to make a video and a hundred thousand people are going to watch overnight. This is the time for practice. You know, when I do my masterminders for the people who sign up for Marie Forleo's B-School through me, um, one of the things that I do during that mastermind event is I show them Marie's first video. Where it's just like a basic oh, wow. video of just her sitting on her couch, you know, with her laptop. She's not dressed up or anything, but she's just like talking to the camera about, you know, something. I can't even remember what it was. But now she's got this high-end production. It looks like a full-on talk show. And what we do is we try to compare our chapter ones to somebody else's chapter 20. And we have to understand, like, oh, your chapter one is just like where you are now. You might suck on video. You might suck on your podcast, but that's good because you can only get better. And I think one thing that your followers like to see is your progress. You know, they don't want to see you like Lisa Nichols says, um, your followers don't need your perfection. Perfection is so it's not relatable. Right. Right. If you see somebody out there who's perfect, it's like, I'm not sure if there's a market for this because I, I can't, nobody can connect with that person. The beauty of our businesses, the beauty of who we are, are the flaws and the vulnerabilities that we have. It's just being uncomfortable, looking uncomfortable, but somebody looking at you and going, wow, this guy is really, or this, this woman is really stepping out on the ledge and taking a leap. This is inspiring to me. And I think if when we, when we change the way that we, we look at um, our businesses and ourselves and, and taking that leap, I think it really changes everything. Oh, definitely. And I love what you said in uh, one of the interviews I listened to. You said, unapologetically you. Yeah. Be who you are. You know, be yourself. It's so much easier 
And then the people that will resonate with you are going to follow you and the others that don't, don't, but you're not trying to reach everybody. Yeah, I struggled with this for a long yeah. time. Um, uh, and up to, up to very recently, because though I was being myself, uh, it's so funny. I was hanging out with Elliot a couple of years ago and, and he says to me, man, I, I see your stuff. He's like, I, I like your stuff. And it, it's, it's funny to me when I see your stuff, I laugh and I go, what are you laughing at? He's like, because it's you, but it's not really you. He's like, cause I, I, I know you and it's, it's what you're doing is really clean. It's cleaner than you really are, you know? And, and the reason why is because, you know, so many, I, I keep everything clean. I used to keep everything clean. There's no F words. There's no S words. There's, there's nothing there. Everything's just really clean because so many people had reached out to me and said, Hey, I love you. And my kids love you too. We listen to you in the car. We watch your videos and da da da. da. And it's like, ah, I don't want to ruin that. I feel like I'm disappointing families and kids by dropping an F bomb. And I just got done reading Danielle Laporte's new book, White Hot Truth. And I said to myself, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Like, I just need to be who I am. I mean, pardon me if I'm not allowed to curse on your show, but some of my favorite words are like, no, fuck no, shit, no, fucking no. shit. I mean, I'm a, I can, I can swear up a storm. I can be a sailor. And yeah. I just, I just wrote a blog post and I said, you know what? I got to give up being that guy. I got to give up being that clean guy. And I just got to express myself the way that I express myself. And, you know, people were so darn supportive. And now I might drop a shit or I might drop an F-bomb with little asterisks in it um, in an email and nobody cares. You know, it is what it is. And so sometimes we think that people are going to judge us and they're going to hate us for just being who we are. But when you're not being who you are that sucks because you're not being who you are and people are loving you for somebody who you're really not. And that just feels really inauthentic. And so come out the gates being who you are because you don't want to get stuck in a position where you feel totally inauthentic and you feel trapped like I did. Yeah. That, that is so powerful what you just said there, Sean. I mean, I hope so many people get that and get off the sidelines of life. And if you're wanting to start your business and you haven't yet, or you want to take it to the next level, Listen to what Sean says. Be yourself. You're not trying to reach everybody, but if you have a message to deliver or a service that you know is going to help people, then I think I think it was like Jay Abraham or something said that to one of the marketers. I forget who it was. He said, "You're actually it's it's a disservice that you're doing by not putting that out there. You're you're basically hurting people by not sharing that knowledge and wisdom and and gifts that you have." So you need to go out there and do it and take the focus off you and put it on your service and how it's going to benefit others. Yep. Stop trying to be good all the time. You know, stop yes. trying to show the best side of yourself all the time, because um, when you when you do that, people feel like they don't have permission to not always be who they are, to not be the bad or, or less good side of themselves. Like, like I said, it's simply not relatable to be honest. And so just, just again, be who you are. It feels really good. You'll attract the people who resonate with who you are and you just don't feel incongruent. Yes. I did a, uh, an episode. It was just a solo one. I'll do some where I don't interview and I'll just talk on a topic or something that I read and share it with the audience. And I don't know, did you ever see Matthew McConaughey's speech that he gave at one of the, I think golden globes or something? I may have, but I just can't remember it. It was real cool. He he sat there and he said he was a young guy and there was, someone came up to him and said, hey, Matthew, who's your hero? And he goes, hmm, 
you know what? I really don't know. Let me get back to you on that. So he thought about it. And then a couple days later, they came back and said, hey, did you figure out who your hero is? He goes, yeah, my hero's me in 10 years. They're like, what? He goes, yeah, me in 10 years is my hero. He goes, that's where it's going to be. So he goes, 10 years later, he saw that same person. I think it might have been a family member. Said, hey, so are you your hero now? 10 years later, bud, you said it. And he goes, no. They go, what do you mean? He goes, my hero now is me 10 years from now. So he kept extending it. So the whole thing was he was focusing on himself and improving himself. And you touched on that. And you made such an important point there, Sean, when you said – you basically got to put blinders on. So many people, especially when they're starting out, are comparing themselves to the Sean Croxtons, to the Ryan Lees, to the Gary Vaynerchucks, to whoever else out there is successful, but they don't look back at the very first video they did, like Marie Folio, and how it struggled. I heard somebody, I don't know if it was uh, John Lee Dumas or someone they said on their first podcast episode, they, they actually, no one's ever heard it because they never published it. It was so awful, you know? But they kept doing it and they kept putting themselves out there. So people would focus on comparing themselves to themselves and each day getting better and looking at, hey, am I better this week than I was last week? Instead of looking at Sean and saying, man, I'm not at Sean. I could look at you with all your downloads and your success and all that and go, man, my podcast is just lame and not even want to do it anymore. You know? Yeah. But if I believe in what I'm doing and my messaging and I can deliver it in a way that's going to connect with certain people, I need to keep plugging away. And focus on myself. Yeah, focus on who you're becoming. That's it. Yes. That's what it's all about. Just focus on developing yourself and just allowing it to unfold. And um, just knowing that this is, a, this is a journey. And the journey does not happen overnight. I remember back in the day when I first started Underground Wellness, um, hoping and wishing that somebody would email me. I would like come back from the gym and I'd open up the laptop and I'd be like, somebody please email me. And it'd be like inbox zero. And I'd be like, ah, and you know, now it's like you open up the email and like, you know, people have got questions about this and the other, and they want to help with this. And you know, it's, it's, and people are texting all day about stuff. And it's like, sometimes I'm like, okay, now this is too much, you know, let's turn it down a little bit, but that's just, it's just going to grow. My friend Michelle just started a podcast and she sent me over some of her stats and there was like, you know, 50, 75 listens. She just started the last week. And I was like, Ah, it's just so cool to have a new beginning, you know, because because some at some point, you know, a year or two from now, when she's getting 50,000 or 100,000 downloads, she and I are going to be at dinner. We'll be talking about that night. Hey, you remember when you sent me that that screenshot of your downloads and there was like 50 or 75 of them? Like this is this is that was the seed. You know, that's where all this stuff came from. And you stuck to it and it just grew and it grew. So you just got to stick to it. I think there's a lot of people who feel like their business is just going to grow overnight. Like it's going to explode. And for some people it does, you know, every once in a, in a long while, but chances are that it's not. And the universe says, okay, I'm going to make sure that you really, really, really want this. And I'm going to just make sure that you're, you stay patient and that you're persistent and you have faith and you believe in yourself and you're in this for the right reasons and you're here to serve people and you want you give and you give and you give and then I'll give you what you want. Then you'll get what you want. And so that's just how it works. You got to just be ready just to go along for the ride and it's a fun ride. And, you know, when, when you get there and I, I never feel like I'm actually there, but, you know, when you do that first big launch and you go, oh, my God, this is real. You know, I remember my first launch was my first big launch was the Paleo Summit. And I was like, oh, my God, we made ninety seven thousand dollars in a week. Wow. That's crazy. You know, and you're like, this is this right. is why 
this is why I do this, not just for the monetary part, but for all the people who were helped when we did that event, you know, it built the email list. It was all about the service and I made some money and I paid off all my credit cards and I paid off all my school loans and now I'm free, you know, and it's, it's great. I'm just excited for all the people listening to this right now, because I, I want you all to feel what that feels like, but you just have to wait on it. And while you're waiting, you just serve people. Yes. Yes. That's so powerful. Now, here's another thing. Here's a little twist on this now, Sean. And you may have experienced this. I'm sure you have because you're an entrepreneur and I'm sure you tried things. How does one go about pursuing something that they, they want to do, right? They're trying a project or they, they want to go down some road, right? How do you know when to continue and have faith that it's going to work out? Or when do you know to say, hey, this isn't working and I need to to just drop it and, and pivot in a different direction. Do you have anything that, that has helped you along the way? Is it more intuitive or what, what have you used it? I'm actually really glad that you brought up the word intuitive. Um, I am very intuitive about my business. I think that's something that um, is never taught in internet marketing circles. You know, I think yes. we're, we're so used to hearing about Facebook ads and retargeting and this strategy and that strategy and the other, and which is all important stuff, you know, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, speaking to my business and to what I've got going on to answer your question here, I am an intuitive business owner. I only do something if it feels right. I listen, I listen for those whispers coming from the gut and I know how just how to discern um, between the voice of intuition and the voice of fear. And I can tell you, I don't think I've ever done anything that I wasn't just like a hundred percent excited about. And I can't, I can't think of one thing or one thing I've launched or a, a podcast that I did. You know, there have been podcasts that I did that I just wasn't a huge fan of, like, you know, the guest and how it turned out and stuff like that. You know, that, that just is what it is. Um, right. but, but if it doesn't feel right, I, I don't do it. And I feel like a lot of us, a lot of Internet marketers, they go, somebody told me I should do this, so I'm going to do it, even though it doesn't feel right. And, you know, my advice to you is if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. And if, if your intuition is saying to you, hey, you know what, this really isn't working out. We've really been been working at this. We've really been, you know, listening to the feedback. We've really been tweaking things and we've really exhausted all avenues to make this thing work. It's time to let go. And it kind of reminds me of like, you know, friends that I've had who played basketball in college and high school and they were stars and they might have played some semi-pro stuff and now they're like 42 years old still talking about how they're going to get into the league and it's like no no you're not going to get into the league this has been over for a while and i just i don't like to see that with 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 entrepreneurs and so you just got to know at some point you got to cut bait and you know i think one thing Getting input from people who have done it before you is is, is, is so huge. Um, knowing that you have like a, a target audience that, you know, there's enough people there and they're easy to reach and, you know, they're motivated to change. And, you know, one thing that, that I tell my masterminders is like, you know, does anybody out there have your target audience? 
always go, the internet's not new. If somebody doesn't already have your, your target audience, if someone isn't already doing something similar to what you're doing successfully, then, you know, it's, it's probably not a valid idea. You know, when, when someone says they have an idea and they can't find anybody who's doing it, I kind of get worried because I go, mm, that, that might not be a viable audience there. There, there might be something there that we don't really want to go after. And so, you know, if your gut is telling you that that audience may not be there, if your gut's telling you that, hey, this just isn't working out, then don't hesitate to, to, to move on and just destroy it and create something new yeah that's so powerful now have you always been intuitive or was that something you've kind of built that muscle over a period of time uh, i think i've always been really intuitive and it's so funny my friend michelle who has this new podcast called success unfiltered and you know she came over to interview me one day and I, I guess i didn't read the email or whatever she sent me about the questions she was going to ask me I'm like what are you going to ask me about and she's like i want to ask you about like your big failures and i went i don't really have any big failures and you know it's probably not something i should promote that i don't have any big failures but i think that one of the reasons i don't have any really big failures is because i'm so intuitive with what i do um and and that i also look for evidence to do the things that I'm going to do. And I'll just give you an example on that. You know, like something like the digestion sessions, which was a seven figure launch. I launched that because I knew that there was a demand for that information because whenever I did a podcast on digestion, the downloads would go through the roof. Or the Sexy Back Summit, where we talked about natural solutions for sex-related health conditions or health challenges. I had Dr. Sarah Gottfried on my show, um, one one week and we did like a hundred thousand downloads in a week and i was like oh my gosh i didn't wow. know that my audience liked you know sex related you know talk like health talk i had no idea so i was like oh let's create a summit around this whenever i would do a a webinar with another expert about thyroid health we would sign up you know five thousand people in two days and i'm like oh there's an audience for this they want more and so i very or i should probably say that i don't like really swim into the unknown. I really don't create products that nobody really asked for. And I think that's where some entrepreneurs go wrong. They create products that they think might be a good idea. But, you know, I'm that guy who likes to engage with my audience. I like to promote other people's affiliate products because when you promote affiliate products for other people, it also shows you what your audience is willing to buy. So these days I do a lot of business related stuff. Like I do this thing called mastermind sessions where like six to eight entrepreneurs come to San Diego and we like my buddy Dave from Paleo Hacks. We teach them how to build their businesses like from the ground up the right way and, you know, in a dignified way. And um, I would never have done that if I didn't just take the leap and sell Marie Forleo's B-School course back in 2013. I sold like 76 of them to a health list. It's a $1,000 a head, but I didn't know. And so I haven't had a lot of failures because I always go, all right, what is the evidence that people want that? And then when people, and then I'll, I'll, I'll survey the Facebookers like, hey guys, I'm thinking about creating a summit about this. Uh, what do you think? And I'll see if people are actually interested. And then if we're doing an online summit, as you know, because you watched the Ryan Lee talk that I gave, I would do something called um, the Insiders Program. So I would say, hey, guys, I'm going to go on the road and film this uh, this summit about digestion or whatever the topic may be. And you know what? Before we even head out to film it, you can buy it right now as an insider and you'll be able to get all of the unedited videos as we shoot them. 
And so we sell that thing for $49 a pop, you know, which is a no-brainer for a lot of people. We'll sell a 1,000 of them, and now we've got $49,000 for our budget, and we're in the black the whole project. We can, it's That's impossible awesome. to lose money because we pre-sold it. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I, I, I like to, to, to play it safe and make sure I know that that product or that, that service is something that people actually want. And that, that way I minimize my risk and I don't have any huge failures. Yeah. And, and that's powerful. And that's, that's what I think. I think you do your research, you listen to what your, your feedback from your audience. But then the other thing I think is, is key and it's something that I think people can develop is that intuition where they, does it feel good? What I'm doing, does it feel good? And it feels right. And I think, and, and that's one of the reasons I started this podcast because everything I'm seeing out there online is the one, two, threes, ABCs of success. And they're telling you do these steps from this guru, but no one's really talking about the mindset. I mean, if you give me a plan, but I don't believe in myself, I'm not going to follow it. So I don't care how good it is. I'm not going to become successful with it because I don't have that belief. I don't have the proper mindset. Let me tell you some real shit about the online entrepreneurial advice space. Okay. Here's the thing. We know the big rocks. We know the strategies. We know... uh, how to run the Facebook ads. We know there's a Steve Jobs Jobs quote about how you can't connect the dots looking forward. You're looking backward. Like, how did I get here? But here's the thing about how you got there. And this is why imposter syndrome is so rampant, right? Oh, we got to talk about that. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about. Go ahead. Most people don't know how they got to where they are. Because so much of what they did was unconscious. They don't know. And a lot of those unconscious things that they did were like their brain. You know, they, they, they figured out what they want. They entered that destination into the brain and the brain just said, okay, do this, do that. The intuition said, okay, do this and, and do that and go here and sign up for this and, you know, go to this coffee shop because people who are, you know, in your space like to, like to hang out there and whatever. So you end up meeting the right people. And then, of course, you got the law of attraction and all that stuff going on. Like most people don't know how they got there because most of the ride is their intuition telling them what they should do. Yes, again, we know the big rocks. We know the strategies and the ticks, the, t- the tips, I should say, and the tactics. But nobody, I want everybody to get this, nobody will ever give you the formula for success in your business. And if anybody says that they have it, know that they are an absolute liar. Because we've all gotten here in a different way. Trust me on this one. I've been able to build my online business in my own way. And I tell people how I built it. And they're like, for real? For real? And I'm like, yeah, I did this and I did the other. But there was also a whole bunch of other stuff that I did that I don't even know that I did. I just did it because I knew what I wanted. So you got to know what you want. You got to plug that into the brain. I also want to just, I want to make sure I get this point out. This is on a whole separate thing. But just before I forget, I need your entrepreneurs to know this. The cognitive dissonance that you feel. When you make a decision 
as to the business that you want to build, the service that you want to give, putting yourself out there. What I mean by cognitive dissonance is that that ego voice within us that says, you're going to fail, you suck, who do you think you are, da 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 we've all heard it, right? Oh, yeah. That voice, that cognitive dissonance is part of the game. Okay, without that cognitive dissonance, okay, there's, so there's two parts, well, there's many parts of your brain, but there's two that we're going to focus on right now. There's the right prefrontal cortex, which is just right behind your forehead on the right side of the brain. And then there's the left prefrontal cortex. Now, the right prefrontal cortex is where that chatterbox comes from. It's where that ego, I really like the status quo, I like the way things are, I don't really want to reach out or, or expand myself and do anything new because I might find out that I'm not really as cool as I think I am and people are going to judge me for it. That's where that voice comes from. The left side of the brain is, uh, the left prefrontal cortex, I should say, is the commitment center. It takes you toward your goal. Now, in order for that left side, that commitment center to fire up, you have to go through the negative bullshit chatter of the right side of the brain. You have to go through it. In order for the left side to activate, you have to be able to ride out those feelings that the right side of the brain is giving you. And as long as you keep saying to yourself, well, maybe it is right. Maybe that voice in my head is right. Maybe I just wasn't meant to do this. Maybe this isn't for me. Maybe my friends and my family were right. Maybe I should go back to the secure job that I had before. Maybe I should stop dreaming. That is part of it. And I just want people to understand that because when they go through that, they always quit. Stop fucking quitting. Just go through it and know that on the other side of that is commitment. You have to go through that. It's like puberty. But if nobody told you that, you know, your boobs are going to grow or whatever in puberty, like if you were on like an island by yourself and you went through puberty, you'd be like, oh, my God, what's happening to my body? I'm going to die. Right. And so I just want people to know it just in case nobody told you. You are going to have these feelings. Everybody has them. The most successful people you, have, you will ever know, they went through the drama in their brain that told them that they couldn't do it, but they did it anyway, and that's why they're successful. Yes, I totally agree. And I talk with this with my, my buddy Todd all the time. I'll say, hey, you'll come up with an idea, you'll be fired up, you'll be so excited, you'll have a game plan. You go to bed, wake up six to eight hours later, and then you're just are full of self-doubt. And you're like, what the hell happened? I just went to bed. Nothing else happened. That, you're and now I got this negative chatter. So the million-dollar question then, Sean, how do you deal with that and get past it so you can go to the left side? Well, just real quick, I want your audience to know you're never going to wake up one day and feel like it. If you're waiting for the day to happen, when your alarm goes off and you go, you know what, today's the day I feel like it, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. As every day passes by, you're going to, that gnawing feeling that you have in you, and I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast knows or they're feeling what I'm feeling, what I'm talking about right now. That gnawing, I should, I could, but I don't, but at some point I will, and it's going to be next year's New Year's resolution, and then a year is going to pass by, and I'm going to hate myself, and then I'm going to get angrier and angrier and angrier, and I'm going to start lashing out people when I drive on the road, and I'm just going to be a really miserable person, and I'm not really going to live my dreams. Like, like we got to, gosh, we got to understand that you're never going to 
feel like it. You know, Mel Robbins, she, she wrote a whole book about this called The Five Second Rule, and I, I love her book. Right. You know, she has this this thing, you know, you count to five, you count down five, four, three, two, one, and you just go. And that makes your brain shift from, you know, the doubts and the fears and all that stuff, and you just go. And I just want more people to know that that day that you're waiting for ain't happening. It's not happening. You almost got to make yourself do it. And when you make yourself do it and you make yourself, it's like, it's like jumping into the pool. You know, you're like, oh my God, the water's so cold and da 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 And you're just kind of sticking your, your toe in. You're like, oh, I don't know, da 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 But then you jump into the pool and you're like, oh yeah, it's a little cold, but you know, it's not that bad anymore. That's what it's like. And you have to be willing to do that over and 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 over again, not just in your business, but in life, if you truly want to grow. What was that? What was your question again? I'm sorry. I don't even remember. <laughs> no, no, it's it, it, this is perfect because you just touched on. I've got so many notes here, and you're covering stuff that I wanted to talk to you about. One was uh, Doctor Pillai's book, I guess, Life Unlocked, where you talk about the fear center of the brain, and then the cognitive dissidence that you just talked about from, I guess, what is his book, uh, Your Brain and Your Business, or Brain? And yeah, business? that's such your brain and business. Most of the Pillai stuff that I talk about is from Life Unlocked, which is a. Uh, a phenomenal book that you're going to have to read. Maybe this is just me. I'm a guy who has to read stuff over and over again. I'm probably on my 12th read of Life Unlocked, and I learn something new every single time. Um, you know, it's a lot of science and brain stuff in there, and it's, it's, it's pretty fucking nerdy, to be honest. Um, but it helps you to understand that a lot of these self-help motivational platitudes that, you know, you hear about from so many speakers and authors and stuff, it's not just talk. It's actually things that are happening physiologically in your brain and body. And it's just really cool when you can, like, you know, I'm, I'm from, I have a, like an extensive health background. And so I want to like know like the research and the study because that's, that's when it gets real to me where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm making changes to like, I'm doing some neuroplasticity stuff and, you know, I'm changing the way my neurons and all these things connect and do, 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 And I'm firing up my anterior, oh, I'm sorry, my, my anterior, uh, anterior cortex and my frontal cortex, I should say. And, you know, my amygdala is, and my ACC aren't really matching up. So I've got some conflict going on that the amygdala is sending a signal to my prefrontal cortex and my motor centers that it's time to slow down and stop because I'm not really congruent about what I'm doing. You know, that type of stuff, it's, it's really cool to know what's happening on that brain level. So, you know, I highly recommend that book to any entrepreneur out there. Just know that that first 20 pages, you're going to be like, why is Sean having me read this book? But just keep digging. And then it really starts to make sense. <laughs> That's great. And we'll put that in the show notes. We'll have that linked up there. And I'm definitely going to put that on my list to get. But I love that stuff, too, because it gets back to what we talked about earlier. The why, what makes people do certain things. And what I love about now, Sean, is that a lot of the stuff that was woohoo before, when you start talking about the law of attraction and uh, you know the universe and everything's energy, science is proving it now. It's, 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 it's validating it and it's making it where other people were scared about it to say, you know what? There's validation to this. It's just not some woohoo stuff where you're sitting saying um and and you're getting cars and money and all that stuff. You know, there's keys. Yeah, to there's it. a lot of science behind it now. Um, just everywhere from quantum physics, if you want to like get down to like a a particle subatomic 
level and substance and all that stuff um, to, you know, things that are just happening in, in the brain and, you know, things like the reticular activating system firing up and just making us more aware of things in our environment that will help us get closer to our goal when we know what our goal truly is. You know, there's science behind like writing down your goal. Like most people don't even have goals. You know, if you don't have a right. goal, you're going to fail because you don't have a goal. You know what I'm saying? It's like trying to right. it's like trying to go somewhere in your car, but you don't know where you're going. It's like you're not even pressing anything into the, the GPS. So you're just going to drive in circles all the time. You need to have a goal. You know, but most people don't have goals because that goal is going to require them to give up who they are in order to become the person who achieves that goal. And your ego, as I talked about earlier, that loves the way you are right now and doesn't want anything to change, it is highly intimidated by goals because a goal to your ego means the death of the current state of your ego. So one thing that you want to do is sell your ego on whatever goal that you're trying to achieve. How is the goal that you are looking to achieve? How is it going to help you and the things that you currently value in your life? How's it going to help your family? How's it going to help your social life? How's it going to help your ability to travel? How's it going to help your ability to eat all of the foods that you want to eat? How's it going to help your ability to educate yourself? You know, I always say like money is awesome. And that's probably something else we could do a whole other show about is the money mindset oh, yeah. of entrepreneurs. Like you're, you're in the, in the business of making money through service. But at the same time, you feel like people who have money are greedy because you were raised to believe that. Well, what happens if you're an entrepreneur and there's just like the, most remote chance that you're actually going to start making money and build a successful business. Your ego, your inner wiring says, oh my gosh, there's a chance that I might become one of them. I might become one of those people who have money. I might become one of those greedy people. I might become one of those people who everybody judges for having money. Everybody's going to think this way about me. That's what I went through for a really long time. Those beliefs were deeply embedded in me. I thought the only way to get rich was to play the lottery for a long time. I thought the way that things were were going to be the way that things always were and that people were literally put on this planet to be rich and other people were put on this planet not to be rich. And if that is going on in your mind, even just the, the least bit, you will never be successful until you change that. And so you can get to the point where you can give up that belief and understand. And actually, as I like to say, take those beliefs and this is your ego's beliefs. And sometimes your ego will hide things from you because your ego knows that they're bullshit. And you got to take those beliefs and put them on the stand and cross examine them. And what you end up finding out is most of these beliefs or even all of these, these negative beliefs that you had about money when you were growing up, that you acquired when you grew up, none of them are true. People who have money, they're not all greedy. I know a lot of broke ass people who are greedy too. You know, people who have money don't always spend it on terrible things. I know, I know rich people who build schools and who donate, who are just, just ridiculous philanthropists. They're incredibly happy. There's actually a study that was mentioned in the book called Neuro Wisdom by Mark Robert Waldman, I want to say. And he, he writes about a study that showed that the more money people make, the happier they are. And so when we hear about that money won't make you happy, there's actually research that shows that money actually does make you happier. 
And there's actually a recent study that came out. I want to say this is the last two months or so. So that showed that people who have money are happier many times because they don't do stuff that they don't want to do. They hire it out. You know, they have people go shopping for them. They have people just do the little odds and end things that, you know, we spend time doing that we really don't want to do. Like most of us spend 80% of our time doing shit that we hate doing and 20% of our time doing stuff that we absolutely love. And we wonder why we're miserable all the time. Why don't you take that 80% and use your money to free up your time by hiring somebody to do those things that you don't like to do? That way you win. That way the person who you're paying, they win. They help you help put food on their table and pay their rent or their mortgage. And it just becomes this, this, this domino effect of you paying for people to do the stuff you don't want to do. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I love it. Yeah, it is. And, and just think, if you get eliminate the stuff you don't like, you're going to be a much happier Absolutely. person. Absolutely. When I'm doing a bunch of stuff I hate doing, I'm not very happy. You know, and so... I mean, I have the potential to always be happy, but if I'm spending 80% of my time doing stuff I don't like doing, I'm probably not going to be very content with what I got got going on. So that's just another reason to make more money is to hire people out. When you hire people out, you help the economy. And it's, 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 like I said, it's a domino effect. That was a total tangent, but you know. (laughs) Oh, you, you, you. Got me fired up because you, you touched on like three different things. So I'm gonna have to circle back around. I feel here. like just just real quick. So, I feel like I'm being that podcast guest. Like every once in a while, I interview somebody and they dump all over me after the first question, and I'm like, oh my, well, what I'm gonna ask now? You answered all of my questions, but but go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine because you're touching on important keys that I wanted to bring up that I've you know found through interviews with you. But let's kind of circle back and. Uh, and and then we're going to do like a full circle on this, but let's go back to the, the negative self-talk and the cognitive dissonance that happens on there. And you said, you know, you, you're never going to feel like it, you know? So kind of two questions here for you. How does Sean get himself to consistently take action when he doesn't feel like it? And what is the self-talk, the positive self-talk that you tell yourself to get over the negative talk so you can actually take the action? Um, the thing that I want to do your first question, the thing that makes me take action, as I may have said before, is I can't live with myself if I don't take the action. Like that, that, that it's harder for me to not take the action because I know how that feels. I feel like I'm being a little bitch. Like I feel like my ego is just kind of running the show. And so I can't, I I just, I have to take action. I I have to, I just, I, I can't, can't live with myself. I mean, that's, that's period. Um, I become very angry. I'm not really nice. I'm not fun to be around when I'm sitting on ideas all the time and not acting on them. Like I do just, ugh. anyway, um, refresh me on your second question, please. I'm sorry. Yeah. The second question is when you have the negative chatter going on, what, what positive or how do you get the positive self-talk going to overcome it? Cause I always talk about it. You know, we, we talked about it and you touched on it. And, and I did episodes on this before where you're never going to get rid of the negative talk. I always think of it as like judo. You take that force of the negative talk, you, you, you acknowledge it because you know it's there and it serves a purpose, but you have to get past it to get to the goals and to the good stuff. So what do you do when that negative chatter comes up to switch mindsets to where it's a positive one? Now you're getting that that muscle going where now you're on to something and it's like now I can start taking there's some a quote there's a quote that says um the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask 
And so I ask myself a different question because sometimes that negative self-talk comes from our imaginations being used the wrong way. And the imagination is kind of answering the wrong question. It's going, what's the worst that can happen? You know, what's and there's actually there's that that's actually helpful to to know what the worst that can happen and to know some of the pitfalls and to know the things to to look out for. Um so so it's definitely useful. Um and then we start creating all these images of just, you know, failure and rejection and all that stuff. And so I like to shift the spotlight, the spotlight. I think this is called the spotlight effect. Um the scientific term. And I changed the spotlight by asking myself a different question. So what's the best that can happen? You know, who am I going to help? How many people am I going to help? How inspiring is this going to be? How am I going to feel when I've actually, um, you know, jumped off the ledge and actually done it? Is this going to make me feel better? Is this going to make somebody else feel better? Is this going to make me or help me to grow? And when you change the question, your focus completely changes. And the, the, that spotlight that you shifted opens up a brand new conversation. It opens up a brand new monologue in your head. And it's, it's far more inspiring than looking at the negative stuff that tends to come up automatically. Like that, that, that ego part of ourselves is just like, it's on autopilot. It really, really, really doesn't want us to change. Believe me, this is where most people live. They live inside of their egos. And so being aware of that ego, I think is something that has helped me a lot over the years, you know, knowing that there's the ego and know there, knowing that there's my true self with a capital S, knowing that there's that spiritual nature uh, within me that wants to grow, but it has to overcome the fears of the ego. Um, I think having that understanding, having that awareness as, as you know, people might call it or that consciousness as some people might call it as well and being able to ask those questions that shift that spotlight i think that's the way that i'm able to turn down because it never really turns off if you ever expect the negative self-talk right. to turn off you're just done it's, it's never going to happen it's like waiting for fear to go away like fear is never going to go away it's just it's just there there's actually good things that you can use fear for um but yeah that's the way that i i, I shift it and get into more of a, a positive mentality now, one of the interviews I saw, and, and I appreciate you sharing it on there, was the Anxiety Podcast. And you talked about how you, in the past, have dealt with and battled with anxiety and depression uh, in the past. Did you kind of use those same kind of tactics about asking questions, or how did you overcome? Because the reason I'm asking is I know some family members that suffer from it. And when I looked up the statistics, it was, it was shocking, Sean. 40 million sufferers from anxiety and 15 million from just social anxiety. I mean, it's a huge thing. What, what things helped you to basically overcome it or deal with it? Was it some of the same things? Yeah. Well, I I will never say that I've 100% overcame anxiety. It's, it's still there in certain situations. Um, I like to reframe it. It's so funny, like how in line, like Mel Robbins and I are, I was reading her book and I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what I do. Um, no, is that the five second yeah, rule? Book? Yeah, the is five second not? rule. Yeah, I got to get that. I saw an interview on it, but I want to get the book. Yeah, and I, I think I first learned this from Dr. Kelly McGonigal's book, um, The Upside of Stress. And it's just a, a reframing that I do because the physiological 
thing that happens in our body, the physiological changes that happen in our body when we're experiencing anxiety is the very same physiological changes that we have when we're excited about something. And so instead of me labeling those feelings as anxiousness or anxiety, I label them now as, yo, I'm just excited. I'm really excited. You know, if I go on a date and I'm feeling like a little, a little sweaty, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a little sweat on my brow and like all these thoughts are like happening in my head. I just keep telling myself, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for what's to come. I'm excited for being in this situation that is completely unknown and finding out what's, what's going to happen. Like I just have to keep telling myself that I'm excited and that helps the anxiety to go away. Um, and, and I think another thing is just being able to ask myself, you know, those questions. Like if I'm in a social situation and I'm feeling a little bit uptight and anxious, you know, what's the best that can happen here? You know, the, these people, I think, I think being on Paxil for about a year back in like 2006, 2007, it really helped me to understand like people aren't out to get me. You know what I'm saying? That I'm a likable person and those thoughts of like people don't like me and all that stuff, like that's just negative BS. That's just not really true. Like our brains just like to tell us stuff that's not true. Our brains are, you know, they don't, as I keep saying over and over and over again, they don't like change. You know, it's like, hey, Sean, you're on a date. This this is going to be change if you really like this person. Hey, Sean, you're out in a social situation. You might meet some people that want to do new stuff and introduce new things to you. That's going to require some change. You might make, make a new friend. That's going to require some change in your life. We like things the way that they are. And I think that's um, where a lot of that anxiety comes from, not just for me, but for a lot of people. And so it's just having that intellectual understanding of why I'm having those feelings and reframing them and saying, I'm just excited for what's to come and what's going to come out of this situation, this environment that I'm in, um, that has been incredibly helpful for me. And it's also just in addition here, it's like when I'm feeling fearful, when I'm feeling anxious, it means that I am peeling off another layer you know, I always say that there's, there's greatness within us. I, I, you know, I'm not the most religious guy in the world, but, you know, I do feel like there's a God with a capital G. And I feel like if God created us in his or her own image out of his or her, her own imagination, that this God put a little piece of him or herself inside of us right? That the big God is like the big C creator and we're the little C creators and we're here to create. But part of that creation, part of that discovering of that godness or that greatness within us is peeling away another layer of ourselves that's been covering up, covering it up for so long. And part of the excitement or maybe even the anxiety um, that we feel is just the it's it's the excitement of peeling off that layer. It's like, yo, I'm putting myself in an uncomfortable situation. I can run or I can stay. And if I stay and I just ride this thing out, I'm gonna learn something new about myself and I'm gonna grow. You know, and I think a lot of times we run from it. We go, oh my God, anxious anxiety, I'm going home. Ride it out. Just ride it out. And, you know, I might be on a date one day and I might like literally be sweating, like a, a bead of sweat running down the side of my face. But I know at some point it is going to stop. And then I just settle in and I have the time of my life. And that's how we have to look at it. That's great. And I, I, I think people gloss over the fact of how powerful words are. And when you describe something or label it something, it can have a, a positive effect on you or it can have a total negative effect depending on how you yeah, label and it's, it. It's, 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 I'm, I'm sure we've 
all heard this. The statement, I am, is the two most powerful yes. words ever. Yes. I am. Whatever you put on the yes. end of that is what you are. It's what you are becoming. You tell yourself, I am poor. I am broke. I am this. I am that. That's how you will be. You know? And so if you're telling yourself, I am anxious. I am an anxious person. I am depressed. You're going to be depressed. You're feeding that to your subconscious mind. And just like by law, by universal law, your subconscious mind says, okay, if that's what you want to claim, let's go ahead and do it. I was listening to, and I think this might be on the quote of the day next week. Um, Lisa Nichols, the, 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 the amazing speaker that she is I love back in like 98, she, she went to a, a doctor and got um, diagnosed as clinically depressed. And she was shocked. She was like, what? Really? I'm, I'm depressed. And the, the doctor wanted to put her on a drug. And she's like, no, I, I want to try something else. I'm going to try something. I'm going to come back. I'm going to try something else. And Lisa said, she just sat in the mirror for hours, you know, every day and just said, I am happy. I am happy. I am a happy person. I am a happy person over and over again. She's just repeated it. I mean, that's how you get stuff into your subconscious mind. Like your, your whole life is your subconscious mind, just unfolding whatever, whatever thoughts that you're having, you know, thoughts become things. That's the way that it is. That's how ideas come about. That's how things come into form. And that's how your life comes to fruition by the thoughts that you have. So if you constantly over and over and over again, say you are happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, you will be happy. This doesn't discount anybody out there who does have some physiological brain chemical stuff that's going on. That's totally, totally legit. But for a lot of us, it just means that we need to make a new declaration about who we are. And another thing is I think a lot of us in this world are depressed and anxious because we are living on the hater side of that creator-hater spectrum because we're not creating. Because that it's, it's, it's our birthright. It's our duty. It's, it's what we're, we're put here for is to create. And we have um, what I like to call the creative urge. And if we are not following our creative urge... I don't think we can feel anything but anxiety because we're not living the lives that we know that we can live. We're always living less than we know what we can do. Everybody, I don't care who you are listening to this show right now, you have a creative urge to do something and you don't do it. And as long as you don't do it, you're probably going to feel anxious and depressed. It's just the way that it is. It's a sign. It's a signal from your body saying, Hey, Go out there and do what makes you happy. Go out there and put yourself out on a limb. Go out there and, you know, stand on the edge and jump, you know? Go out there and find out if you're going to fly. Go out there and stop worrying about other people's opinions and do you. And when you do that, you just find that your mood and your vibration and all that stuff just changes and you just become a new person and that anxiety and that depression, they, they, they go away, you know, if not completely, then, then, then most for the most part. Isn't it amazing when you're, when you're true to yourself and you're authentic and you're not holding everything inside and trying to, to be what others want, how much happier you yeah. are. Yeah. You know? That's, that's, that's it. I mean, Happiness is, 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 is doing what you love. You know, happiness is uh, providing happiness to others. It's, that's, that's what we're in business for. We're, you know, it's like we're delivering happiness. I think that's the name of Tony Shea's book. You're delivering happiness. And when you deliver yeah. happiness to 
others by solving their problems or providing some type of joy. You know, like my quote of the day show, it provides a joy to people every single morning. You know, it kicks off their day every single morning when somebody wakes up, you know, when thousands of people wake up, they turn on my show. That's nuts. You know? Yeah. And so awesome? you go out there and you make a lot of people happy. You provide the direction and the service and the products and the free content to make them happy. Why does Steph Curry sign a 200 something million dollar contract? Because he makes a lot of people happy. Because I'm really happy when I watch the Golden State Warriors play. Even if they lose, I'm like really happy that I got to watch Steph Curry drop 30 points and shoot a three-pointer and run in the other direction before the the ball goes in. Um, just real quick, as an aside here, just as I'm thinking about it, I was flipping through. Uh, there's a book about Steph Curry, Rising Something. I can't remember what it is. Um but I was just flipping through it at the Amazon store a couple months ago, and I was just like, I was like, I want to know more about Steph Curry's mindset. And there was a line in there that said, when Steph Curry practices, you know, he'll shoot from like 40 feet out. And most people don't even think to, to, to shoot. You know, they're like, I'm, I'm not going to practice that. The, those shots are too hard. And the line that I loved is that Steph Curry makes difficult normal. And I think that's, yeah, oh, I, I think that's it. what more entrepreneurs need to do is say it's not impossible because sometimes we think that things are impossible, right? Like, like nobody was running a four minute mile until Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile and then everybody started breaking it because everybody thought it was impossible. And whenever your brain thinks something impossible is impossible, I should say, it's not going to lay out the plan to do it. You know what I'm saying? And so what we have to do is say, hey, it's not impossible. It's difficult. Yes, that's so key. Just like we talked about, though, a different of phrasing of the word has so much power yeah, to it. It's difficult. And when you feed that to your brain and your brain goes, oh, it's not impossible. It's just going to be difficult. Okay, now I'll show you how to get there. Now I'll let it unfold. And so, yeah, you go out there and you make difficult normal. You know that it's not going to be easy, but it's not worth it if it's easy. It's, just, it's, it's, not, it's not as fulfilling if it's easy. It's the failures and the obstacles and the things that you had to overcome and all that stuff. It's the story to be told about how you got there. That's the fun part, you know? And so it's the growth. That's the fun part. It's the, the um, elevation of your consciousness. That's the fun part. You know, I'm a completely different person now than I was a year ago. And I'm, you know, and it's just it's the constant growth from putting myself in uncomfortable positions and making difficult normal. And when you can do that, you're going to have a super rad business. That is so cool. And it's so, I mean, there's so many keys in there that people need to listen to this over and over. I mean, you're sharing these things that, you know, someone say, oh, I've heard some of this stuff before, whatever, but you're living proof. This is stuff that you are doing. You've been successful in podcasting. You've been successful in building in a totally different industry in, in health and wellness and these are principles that you've applied that have gotten you to where you are. And people need to realize this. But I love how you're sharing it because you're, you're telling it real. It's not – I don't like it when everybody's – it's the fluff. It's the push one button success. And it's – and you know what? Oh, man, it's, it's so – you don't worry about it. It's easy, you know? And no, you need to talk about the struggle, about the challenges and stuff like that because that's what it's about. And the people that get the fluff – they're going to quit because they're saying, this isn't what they yeah. told me. It's, not it's a false it. expectation. And it, it, yes, it doesn't, it doesn't exactly. work right. It's difficult. This is not easy. This is not a get rich quick thing. It's not. 
it's a very vulnerable thing. You got to put yourself out there. You got to make service first. You kind of got to stop asking yourself, is this something I should give away for free or should I just give it away? You know, I can just, just, uh, we're probably over time, but it's all good. I can talk all day with you. Um, that's I jump say we could do another couple shows. So much I got to ask you. You know, I, I remember when I first started my YouTube channel, and um, you know, I was just giving away free information about health, taking really complicated matters of health and making them easy for people to understand. And people loved it from day one. You know what I'm saying? And I went to a a, a, a workshop. It was a Paul Check workshop, and there was like maybe ten, twelve of us there attending this workshop. And uh, I remember after the workshop. I went home and I started making videos about some of the stuff that I learned at the workshop. And I got an email from one of the other attendees. I remember his name was Tim. And he was like, hey, man, we just spent, I don't know, $500 or $900 to attend this event. Man, I don't think that you should be on YouTube giving away the stuff that we just paid for. And I was like, fuck you, dude. Seriously? No, this is no. I, I'm, not, I'm not about to. This, this, I'm just here to help people. You know, I want to help people. I'm not about to charge this. This is just information and people enjoy it. And that's how I grew my business, you know, by just giving away stuff that I, that I was learning. And when you do that, it's just a way of the world, man. It's a law. It's a law. It works every single time. If you stick to it, it doesn't break. It just works. You go out there and you give. Okay. If anybody wants to say, like, ask me, like, how do you build a business? Go out there and give, go out there and give. That's it. That's it. Go out there and give and stop sitting on stuff and just give, give, give. <laughs> I love it. I love you reap it. what you sow. As you said, we got so much stuff to talk about, Sean. So I want to I want to cover a few few things here real quick. One of them, I want to go back to money mindset. I think that's so huge and and it's something that's holding people back. What are some things that you could share with my listeners that is actionable that they can start, they can finish listening to this episode. They can start putting in to start shifting that money mindset, whether it's a reading program affirmations, what, what would you recommend that has worked for you? Start identifying your reasons, your reasons for not being rich. And I'm sure you have a lot of them. Um, Oh yeah. Rich people are greedy as I talked about earlier. Um, Let's see what else is there. Uh, Money is the root of all evil might have been something that you, you learned as a child. Um, other scriptural stuff. You know, to, to me, you know, Jesus hung out with him. Like, Jesus, one of his homies was King Solomon, who was the richest people, one of the yes. richest people in the world. You know what I'm saying? Probably Amazing. the richest person in the world at the time. So if, if, if money is the root of all evil, I don't think Jesus would have had a good relationship with King Solomon. I don't think that that was, was possible at all. Um Money turns people bad. Start identifying what those reasons are. Like literally list them. Maybe also even write down like where you learned that from. You know, it's so funny. We learned a lot of this stuff from media. I like to use the example of Titanic. You know, you watch Titanic, the rich people are like, um, you know, in the upper deck of the boat, you know, fighting over stuff. You know, some lady's got to marry somebody who she doesn't really love. And, you know, but below deck, like all of the poor people are like dancing and having a really good time and all this stuff, you know, but they're poor, but they're having a really good time and they have real relationships, stuff like that. Like that stuff has just been ingrained in this. I, I remember watching Gilligan's Island when I was four years old. Thurston Howell was like the rich snobby person, you know, and you just watch movies these days. You even watch like that more recent movie, Get Out. I sat there and I was like, oh man, this is some serious programming going on right here. Like the rich white people are crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is yeah. just 
what it's like it's just a drip 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 of of stuff of input into our minds that our subconscious starts to pick up and we create all of these reasons for why we're not prosperous so like i said earlier make a list also make a list uh next to it of where that came from and then as i said earlier put it on the stand and ask yourself is this really true can you think of one exception if you can think of one person who's rich, who isn't greedy, then that doesn't mean, then you find out right there, like all people who have money aren't greedy. And so since it's possible, you know that it is, then you can make the choice as to how greedy or how giving you're going to be with your money. You know what I'm saying? All you got to know, all you got to know is oh, just yeah. one person. That, that's it. Um, so, so, so start doing that and just understand that people who are prosperous have a prosperity consciousness. There's a way that they think. They think money is good. Um, they, 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 they let money flow. So there's a lot of people out there who are hoarders of money. They got to save every single dime that they have. They got to get ready for a rainy day. And as you've probably heard before, if you're getting ready for a rainy day, at some point it's going to rain, you know? Money is supposed to flow. You know what I'm saying? For money to come in, you got to spend money and allow more money to come in and understand like when you spend money, you're contributing to the economy. You know, when I, when I pay money to the, to the store down the street in exchange for food, I know that people can stay employed at that store because I'm spending my money there. If we all decided not to spend any of our money, we'd be in a friggin' depression and everything would just melt down. You know what I'm saying? So money is supposed right. to be spent. If you're hoarding all of your money, that is not a prosperity consciousness. You're in a poverty consciousness because you actually believe that money is scarce. Money is not scarce. Money is all over the place. You just have to know where it is. Money is in service. Money is in helping people to become happier. Money is in solving people's problems. Money is providing joys to people. There's money in all of that. You just have to be willing to do it. And when you get this money, you can do whatever you want to do with it. You can hire employees. You can eat better food. You know, I built a school in Guatemala a few years ago. You can see like people on TV, like, tragic stuff has happened to them. And you might want to like uh, support the cause and do like a GoFundMe and contribute to it. You can do all this cool stuff that feels really good when you have money. It feels really good to have money. I love the fact that when I go shopping, I don't have to look at the price. I love the fact when there's like a workshop coming up or there's an online course or a book that I want to read, I just get it. You know, it's not like, hmm, I might not be able to pay the electric bill. Maybe I'll just pay half of that and I'll take this course. Like there's no compromising. You just go and pay it. And then I know that we offer services and all this stuff where the money is just going to keep on coming to me. And it's so funny, like the more good I do with my money, like the more money comes in. You know what I'm saying? It's just the yeah. way of the right. universe. You give and you get back. You give and you get back. You give and you get back. Um, I was driving on the freeway last couple weekends ago, and I drive like a, I have a couple cars, but one of my, I have a BMW i3. It's an electric BMW, and the, the tires are really thin, and it doesn't really handle very oh, well nice. if you're going over potholes. And I hit a pothole get, getting off the freeway, and tire immediately went flat. Like I heard it was like, right and so i pulled over you know when i got off the freeway and it cost me like 400 bucks to somebody else wow. that would have ruined their entire month 
You know what I'm saying? Because most people don't have right. an expendable 400 bucks. But it was like, all right, well, I'm just, all right, well, here's your money for the, the, the tow truck and here's money for the tire. And I'll see you in a couple of days because they had to do some other work on the car too. And I was like, all right, cool. No big deal. So I moved on with my day. That would have ruined somebody's day. You get a ticket that ruins your day. It doesn't ruin my day. It's like, okay, I'll contribute some money to the, to the city treasurer. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. And just move on with my day. So just understand, like, being, having money is, it, it gives you more options. It gives you more comfort. It allows, like, unexpected things to come up and you don't have to worry about it. It's just a really cool place to be. And I wish people had more money because there's more than enough money to go around. And they need to develop that mindset and adopt what you're thinking there because that's, that's the key yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, but bud. it's the repetition. It's the, it's the understanding of where it comes from, but it's also the repetition. And, you know, saying like using affirmations, as you, you mentioned when you asked the question, using affirmations, I'm prosperous, I'm prosperous. Money comes to me in increasing quantities and, you know, through many sources of, of, of income, you know, all that stuff. I have many sources of income set up. You know, we got mastermind sessions, we've got Jerf Bar, I've got affiliate marketing stuff, like I've got a network marketing thing that I did many years ago that still pays me. It's like a free check. So I have all of these sources of income. And so if one of them shuts down, and it definitely won't as long as I'm willing to serve and work it, then it's all going to keep coming in and it's just going to grow and it's going to grow and it's going to grow. And, you know, I'm not going to hoard it. Of course, I'm going to invest it and do wise things with my money, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to just give man just 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 keep giving you keep getting back it's pretty freaking awesome yep well like you said in in the one percenter that i downloaded that you offer on right. your, your site which i'm going to have right. up there like you said the first law of learning is repetition you got you can't read it once and think you got it you have to repeat it over and over and take action on it consistently over and over to become a part of you absolutely that's I mean, repetition is the mother, so father, sister, brother, second cousin of learning. Yep. There you go. Sean, what's a, what's the biggest regret in your business? Like what, what is the biggest regret you had and what did you learn from it? The biggest regret I have in my business. Um, Maybe some opportunity you didn't take or something you didn't take action on or biggest whatever. Biggest regret I have in my business. Shoot, man. I can't. I'll be honest with you. It could be in the I past, mean, not currently, but I mean, completely honest with you is I don't really have one. I don't. I love it. You're I so awesome, Look, what are you doing currently now that scares you and is making you stretch? Um, creating a new program around money mindset. That's I've never like created a program, you know, that I had to sell with a webinar and all that stuff. And so oh, that's, yeah. that's okay. been a, a process I've been working on all year. It might not come out till next year. I'm never in a hurry to do anything. And so I may get it out in this next month. I may get it out next year. I mean, we got the holidays coming up, so, you know, I may get put off. But um, that's something that's stretching me right now. Um, what else is stretching me? I think that's pretty much it. Like, I, I'm really focused right now on learning, you know, I'm focused right now on being an expert and putting in my 10,000 hours. And, you know, like Will Smith says, you know, when another man's sleeping, I'm working. You know, when another man's eating, I'm oh, yeah. working. Like, I, I, I love work. I love being up and, and reading and connecting the dots and all of that stuff. And so, um, you know, that's, 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 that's what I'm doing right now. And, you know, I don't have a lot of products right now. I'm, I'm really focusing right now on just putting out amazing quality content. 
I'm really focused right now on being consistent with my writing. So I'm writing a, a new newsletter to my list on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, you know, I'm creating the mixes for our Saturday episode of the Quote of the Day show. Um, I'm just I'm just trying to crank out as much content as I can and build a brand new audience that that knows, likes, and trusts me. It wasn't a it wasn't an easy transition out of health into personal development. Like it was, I thought it was going to be like a yeah. simple transition. It was not, you know, it was like, we've been really? consistently cutting down the list from like, I think it was like 230,000 people. And now we're down to 96,000 people, you know, because a lot of the health people didn't want to hear this personal development message. You know, they want to hear about GMOs and soy and all of this stuff. And it just, it didn't, it wasn't their thing, um, which is understandable in hindsight because you know, a lot of people aren't healthy because they're not taking responsibility for their lives. You know what I'm saying? Because they're blaming everybody. They're blaming that my doctor did this and this person and the other person and the, the food companies and Monsanto and da, da 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 are making me sick. They're not realizing that they have a choice. They don't realize that they have to take responsibility for their lives. So they don't want to hear that shit all the time. You know what I'm saying? And so it was a message that didn't resonate with a lot of them. And so, you know, like I said, I, I still have a, a good sized audience. I, I'm building it right now. And um, next year, the plan is to be a product just just to just launch products like like you ain't never seen before um i think another thing that's that's stretching me is jumping into a new territory for me which is a physical product which is the jerf bar which is something that we worked on for over oh, over yeah. two okay. years and so um that's that's going really well we had a historic first month like we're killing it and so now you know we're looking for investors and we're we're we're, we're improving the bar where we're coming up with new flavors and stuff and so i've never I'm, I'm a digital guy and so getting into this whole new world is uh something that has been challenging for me understanding the language of a physical business has been challenging for me so oh, yeah. i've been learning that stuff and so um uh it's it's looking really good right now and so i'm really excited about what we're doing there and, and the growth that we're having there not only as a business but the growth that myself and my partner john are experiencing as we grow this and, and go into like unexplored territory with the business so um you know that's where i'm growing that's where i'm getting uncomfortable and uh i'm, I'm looking forward to 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 reaping the benefits of those at some point that's awesome where, where can we get churchbar.com Oh, okay. So is it, that's the only place? Yeah, to right now we point? are um, only online and, you know, we're looking for investors okay. to, to, to help us, uh, you know, um, be able to create, create the inventory to um, handle the inventory for, for purchase orders and all that stuff. And also to do big uh, marketing campaigns to, you know, build a, a brand that people know out there. And so we're only three months deep and uh we're crushing it so far and i'm really happy about it so it, awesome. it's pretty cool it's like you know we talked about earlier with the podcast you know you got 50 or 75 listens and then you just patient and you just watch that thing grow and you know we started off with really good numbers and we're looking to see those numbers keep growing and growing and growing and hopefully have you know a um gosh an eight-figure business at some point you know what i'm saying so we'll, 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 oh, we'll, we'll see what happens congratulations thank you very much that. that's awesome bud all right, three okay. three last questions here for you, sir. What maybe two or three books would you recommend to my listeners that would help them with mindset or money mindset, something like that that you would recommend they should read? Well, I, I recommend Think and Grow Rich to Everybody, which is Napoleon Hill's yes. book. I recommend um, James Allen, As a Man Thinketh to Everyone, 
it's a, it's a short book. You probably read it in a, in a couple hours, even if you're a slow reader like myself. Um, read that thing over and over and over again. These are two very old books. Um, one, of my, one of my favorite authors now is Robert Collier. C-O-L-L-I-E-R. He wrote a book called The Secret of the Ages a long time ago. And I read it for the first time last year and I really didn't get it. Um, But I read it for a second time last month and man, it was so good. And so, 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 so his book, Secret of the Ages, and also I'm reading another of, of his books right now, which is like a compilation or a collection, I think of four of his books, which is called, um, Riches Within Your Reach. And you just understand like these really basic universal laws. You understand just how, how life works after you read these books. And you understand like, you know, your, your success in your business has less to do with strategies and tactics and more to do with the way that you think. And, um, you know, you're, like I said earlier, your thoughts become things. And so when you think successful, possible, you know, service oriented giving type of business that helps a lot of people and you believe in yourself and you have faith in that business and you have faith in the greatness that's within you. Um, if you're willing to be persistent and you're willing to be patient and you're willing, as they say very often in like these older writings, if you're willing to pay the price, you can build anything that you want to. And so those will be my, my three or four books that I recommend, you know, you go to Amazon or your local book retailer and, and pick those guys up. Perfect. Yeah, we'll have them linked in the show notes, definitely on there. What is uh, one of your favorite quotes, Sean, and why? Uh, one of my favorite quotes. Little by little, a little becomes a lot. That's my favorite quote ever. I'm not sure who said it, um, but it's just real. It's like Will Smith says. We had Will Smith on the Motivation Mix a couple of weeks ago, and he says, you don't, you don't set out nice. to build a, a, a brick wall. You don't set out to build the biggest, baddest wall that's ever been made. What you set out to do is lay this one brick as perfectly as a brick can be laid. And when you do that over and over and over again, soon you will have a wall. And little by little, a little becomes a lot. The reason why I love that quote is because as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we look at our businesses and it can be overwhelming when you think about the end goal. When we think about the big thing that we're trying to create, you know, we go, ah, our brain goes, oh my God, this, this is so many things to do. This is so much stuff that we need to do to get this done. And I think that's what separated me from so many other entrepreneurs out there is I say, okay, here's this big product project. Here's what I need to get done today. You know, and then tomorrow I'll get another piece of it done. And then the next day I'll get another piece of it done. And then little by little, as I get these little pieces done, at some point I look back and I go, oh, yeah, we're making some progress. But when we look at the whole thing at once, our brains go, I don't know how to do this overnight. And so if you got a big goal, break it down into little bitty pieces and lay that brick as perfectly as you can lay that brick. Get that little piece done as perfectly as you can get that little piece done. You know, think of your business. You know, there's something that some of your listeners may be familiar with. It's called the escape arrival um, timeline uh, framework that Frank Kern teaches. And there's like, what is your 
target customer trying to escape from and where are they trying to arrive? And so these are two sides of the of this timeline. And on this timeline, what you do is you set milestones, right? And so in order to get from where they are to where they want to go, what's the first milestone? Where are they, what's the first step they can take? And then what's the next milestone? And then once they get that milestone done, what's the next milestone? And then what's the next milestone? It's pretty cool when you look at it because when you look at those milestones, it becomes all of your products, right? It's like the ascension of your products. Um, it's holding your person's hand or your customer's hand and just taking them step by step, you know, along this journey to get to where they want to go. Now, I just don't only teach that in my mastermind or, or to my masterminders for, you know, developing their products and developing their, their customer journey. But we also develop that for helping our masterminders develop their business. So they're in a current state. They're trying to escape from not having a business. And then they're trying to arrive at having a successful business. So identify for yourself, what are those milestones that are going to get you to where you want to go? So your first milestone might be just be, hey, start a YouTube channel and start making videos. You know? That's it. Just start making videos. Maybe your milestone after that is, hey, start asking people about good website designers. And then you find a website designer and then, OK, now you've got that locked down. Now it's um, contact somebody about taking your photos for your website. You know, you just do it piece by piece by piece. And then you're at milestone number four and you go, oh, my God, I'm like a quarter of the way there, you know. But when you look at the whole yeah. big thing, you go, oh, I can't do it. I'm going to do it tomorrow when I feel like it. Like I said earlier, you're never going to feel like it, and it's just simply not going to happen. And so piece by piece by piece by piece, little by little, a little becomes a lot. Couldn't have said it better. That is awesome. So what's the impact you want to have on the world? I want to help people find out that they have just, just peel away the layers and understand that they're, they're great. You know, everybody just has so much greatness within them. It it it. it pisses me off sometimes like when people are just wasting their lives just just doing nothing and blaming other people for their circumstances or blaming circumstances for circumstances and blaming their parents and blaming their bosses and blaming all these these people and you know I want people to take responsibility for their lives I want people to understand that you know their thoughts become things and that they run the show like you run the show you can create whatever you want to create there is nothing nothing special that Thomas Edison came into the world with. There was nothing special that the Wright brothers came into the world with. There was nothing special that Alexander Graham Bell came into the world with. Beyonce, Jay-Z, all these people, they had to, to, to find the greatness within them and chip away at it and learn and develop who they were. Not even really develop who they were, but let go of all of the stuff that was keeping them from being who they were. You know what I'm saying? And so and so that's what I want to help people to understand. Like you can literally have anything that you want. I like houses. I got my eyes on some some five figure houses. You know what I'm saying? That I want to live in. Yeah. And so that's how I think. And I know that the only thing that is standing in the way between where I am now and what I want is me. And nobody else. It's just me. So if you're out there listening to this, the only limitation that you have that you have is a limitation that you put upon yourself. It is nobody else's fault but yours. Period. Period. You can tell me about this person did this and this person did that and you were raised this way and all that shit. It's 
all you. If somebody can come out of the Marcy Projects and become like the greatest hip hop star of all time, you can pull yourself out of wherever you're at to find your greatness as well. Buddy, I think that's a mic drop right there, man. That's sweet. So where can where can my listeners connect with you? What's the best place online um, to get all these? I guess com. Um, you can find my ebook there, The One Percenter's Mind, Seven Steps to Beating Fear, Doubt, and Indecision. Um, the Quote of the Day shows there. You can find my interviews there as well. Um, uh, most people subscribe on iTunes, and so you can get the Quote of the Day show delivered straight to your phone or your device uh, Monday through Saturday. And so I just highly encourage you to, to, to listen to that and you know just start off every single day with a positive message. And uh, you learn a lot of stuff as well. There's a ton of wisdom there. If you read the reviews, people are like, oh, my God, this this five to ten minutes a day has completely changed my life. And so um, check that out. You can find me on Instagram at Sean Croxton, Facebook as well at Sean Croxton, but I very seldom post there anymore. Um, I kind of like Instagram. And um, that's that's really it. Jerfbar.com. Try our Jerf Bar. So there's a discount code, uh, QOD10. Uh, Give you 10% off. Actually, if you go to the website and you try to click off the website, a 15% um, uh, discount thing will pop up. So if you sign up for that, we'll send you a 15% discount code. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's awesome. That is so... Guys and girls, you just heard some amazing stuff. Sean shared so much, so many good nuggets. Like I said, hopefully you've been taking notes. If you've just been sitting back listening to this, go through this again. Like Sean encourages, re-listen and re-listen because there's so much stuff here. I'm going to be listening to this episode over and over again. I mean, you just shared so many great things here, Sean. I just want to say thank you for taking the time, coming on here, sharing your knowledge, um, for being unapologetically you, for being authentic, um, not afraid to pivot in your career when you weren't happy anymore with what you were doing and knew that you had something else that you could offer to the world and serve, touch others' lives and make a difference. Um, I've listened to Quote of the Day show. It's awesome. I, I, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Everybody needs to listen to that. It does change lives. Sean has so much information. So dig into him, listen to what he's doing, listen to what he's sharing because it will change your life, but you need to apply it. So Sean, thanks again so much for your Thank time. Thank you, this Brian. Good awesome, times. Guys. All right. Take care, everybody, guys. Till next week and next time, I wish you guys all a brilliant life.